0: Hello, everyone. My guest today is Deborah Quaso. She's a managing partner at GSV Ventures and currently serves on over 10 boards. She has won multiple awards in her career, such as the 2017 Visionary Award from the Association of American Publishers. She also held a fireside chat with Bill Gates in 2016. So, Deborah, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show today.
1: Thanks so much. I'm del- delighted to be here.
0: Yeah, That's it's my, great to have my you. My speech
1: sounds in the
0: background, <laughs> yeah. So you're uh, joining in from Chicago right now, correct? Correct correct. Awesome. Very cool. So you have a very interesting story. Um, give us a little bit more background about yourself and how you got to AR today.
1: Sure. I mean, I um, was a longtime investment banker and um, worked at, uh, was at Merrill Lynch, managing director of Merrill Lynch, where I, I ran our um, our growth, what's called the Global Growth Group, focused on sort of trends and themes in the growth economy. Um, and uh, one of those sort of themes that we've focused on and built a business around was um, uh, education, and um, in particular, digital education. And that was um, really, you know, 20 years ago where where we began starting that, left Merrill Lynch and actually uh, founded an investment bank with my partner, Michael Moe, an investment called Think Equity Partners, uh, which we ran and then ultimately sold to a a UK firm, Panmere Gordon, and then um, founded what really became... GSV, and GSV stands for Global Silicon Valley. Uh, and at that point in my career, which was, um, you know, 11, 12 years ago, I uh, had decided that I really wanted to focus solely on the, the, the trends in, in digital education and workforce skills, which we sort of, as we like to call it, the pre-K to gray arc of learning and talent. And because um, we saw, I saw it as a sector um, where, it, where it was going to be critically important for um, uh, entrepreneurs to to come in and scale solutions uh, to frankly solve societal problems, um, which you can you can. I'm, I'm here in Chicago today after a um, not a not great night of looting in Chicago, and um, if, which is symptomatic of societal problems we have right now. And um, and I and I am a passionate believer that finding great great learning and education solutions for um, everyone uh, is is part is a is a pretty critical piece of how we. Make the world a better place. So that's that's my my uh, uh, quick synopsis.
0: Understood. No, very interesting. Very very cool story. Um, so, what's the the exact business model behind GSV and how do you make money?
1: Sure. Um, GSV is a you know, we are we're a platform so again focused on this pre K to gray arc of, uh, of learning and talent. Um, that that whole. The the underpinning of that market has dramatically accelerated in COVID as sort of you know 1.6 billion students have been forced online. So the the prominence or the, or the importance of digital digital delivery of learning and skilling has become um, much more front and center in society. Our business model um, wraps around that that critical theme and, and in two ways. One is um, we have a venture capital fund called GSC Ventures. Uh, we're uh, an investor in uh, our first fund in Coursera and Class Dojo and Course Hero and Degreed and Remind or just sort of five, and Masterclass actually another one plural Pluralsight to name to name a few of the companies in our first in our first fund we are um, raising our second fund uh, uh, with effectively uh, looking to double the size um, of our of our fund from fund one to fund two but have already made some good investments uh, investments that we're very excited about in fund two including. Um, Photomath, which is actually based in Zag- Zagreb, Croatia, um, and Guild, Guild Education here in the U.S. So, uh, amongst a number of other um, great um, companies and entrepreneurs. So that that is a, the core of our business model, and then around that we run a, an event called the ASU GSC Summit um, in in a partnership with Arizona State University, which has been uh, ASU has been named the most innovative university in the United States for the last five years in a row, and um, in, in a non World, we have a uh, gathering of 5,500 people in San Diego each spring. Uh, we have obviously moved that, and it's very, very global. Um, but we've obviously moved that event to digital for, um, uh, for for 2020, and with the hope that we will be back physical at some point in 2021. Um, and that's that's really the, those are the, the, the two key pieces of what we do. We also hold events, uh, smaller events all over all over the world. We've been involved in two events. Called GES Global Education Summit in Beijing, uh, for example. So um, that is, uh, you yeah, know, that's our business
0: model. Okay, very cool. No, very very interesting to hear that. Um, Deborah, what were some of your top resources along the way, and especially when you started out first in business?
1: Um, y- you know, I don't, I mean, and I'm not sure I know um, what ex- resources is sort of a broad term. I mean, I think people. Um, I think that the thing that we are uh, um, particularly proud of and um, is sort of the the network of people that we've um, brought around us, whether it's great entrepreneurs or great other, you know, co-investors or um, for our markets, leaders in the K-12 space, um, leaders in early childhood education, leaders in workforce education, leaders in higher education. And we've been fortunate to have um, a network of, uh, of, really fantastic people. And I would say that, that really goes back to the very beginning. Um, you know, it, it's at the end of the day, the best resources are always um, mentors and partners and um, and uh, people who can kind of make you think harder, make you think broader um, and more aggressively. So I think that that is sort of how, you know, how we, we think about that um, sort of the, the best resources
0: yeah understood no i totally agree on that and it's i think people is always something that that's necessary to kind of like build up something
1: that's right exactly
0: yeah uh what do you think is your core skill that has helped you to to get where you are today
1: sorry is my what what
0: what do you think is your core skill that has helped you to get where you are today
1: um you know uh, you know i'd say i think the most important thing that i developed um over time was just this passion for the education innovation space. And, um, and I, you know, I, when I get passionate about something, I tend to throw myself in hook, you know, hook, line and sinker. And so I'm you know, very involved both philanthropically um, as well as professionally. So I've done everything from, I've been a member of, I was a member of the Chicago public school board under, under Mar- Mayor Rahm Emanuel. Um, I've been very involved in, in, in charter school activity here in the U.S., um, in addition to such, what we do professionally in terms of investing in education technology companies, so I think my my, my core skill is uh, is harnessing passion and um, and then and then helping and then helping other helping people um, you know, le- helping people network with each other. I think I'm I'm uh, pretty good at uh, at connecting people who can who can help each other
0: understood understood okay and do you have any uh, so when you invest in companies for example do you have any core principles that you apply to investments or on, on on projects that you start
1: yeah i mean we have an approach to our investments um we call it the five the five p's um the first and foremost is people of course back to the you know core theme and um and uh so we you know and that's not that's the entrepreneur it's, it's the founding team it's other perhaps other investors around the table or advisors around the table or customers, or so it's a broad definition of people. But, um, you know, it, uh, good people tend to attract good people, so um, that's a you know, that's a that's a, the the core for focus first, and then product we obviously are focusing on, you know, is it special, different, or great? The product, um, then the potential of that product as we think about TAM and other things, we we tend to be biased to platform companies and global platform companies in particular, and then, um. Uh, what's, the predict- what's, the, what's the long-term predictability of the business model. I apologize for the, uh, you're going to hear a sirens in the background here. Um no Real life yeah. podcast. Um, and then, then the last P is purpose. Uh, we think a company with purpose is going to um, perform better financially. So while uh, we're not an impact fund, we um, we believe that all the companies we invest in have to have impact. And uh, the way you have impact is have a lot of purpose. Oh. So sorry. This really is crazy that's all right. in Chicago. That,
0: that's really a raw interview. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Good.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. Hold on. I think it'll, it'll be gone here in a minute. Um had a bad, bad night here in Chicago.
0: Yeah. No, okay, so so you have these principles. Do you have any other principles that you personally apply to to your business, for example?
1: You know, I um I you know, I I, I and I think those really capture it. I really do, um, at the end of the day, uh, and don't have a lot of patience for, um, you know, uh, arrogance or attitude or hubris. Um, I think it's really important to to deal with people who you can, um, you know, be very direct and, and, um, and are also, um, can take counsel and advice and coaching and, and listen. Uh, that's, I think, you know, we've seen uh, issues when, you know, when CEOs are, are very reticent to take advice from anyone. Um, that usually does not work out very well. Um, so I think it's, it's you know, you know we, need to be hum- we need to be humble and we need to admit our own mistakes. That's really, really important to admit your own mistakes. Um, and then you need to be aligning with people who can also do the same thing because um, then you can almost inevitably get to a better place uh, people need you know obviously need to have confidence in in themselves too but I think it's it's also it's important to be confident and have it balanced against you know a real a real reality check.
0: Yeah no got it understood understood. Um, Deborah, where do you see the education industry in the next five years and in the next 30 years?
1: Yeah, we we think um, digital learning will 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 head to a billion trillion excuse me trillion dollar market um, by 2027, um, which is about two years ahead of what we would have originally projected. Um, we uh, the, the the COVID what COVID has really what COVID did is accelerated everything. Um, you, you you see this across a number a number of media categories but uh, education being one of them. But um, so we see a a trillion dollar category in 2027. um, And in it, and it's, you know, we have massive issues around skills gaps and and learning gaps and achievement gaps and um, socioeconomic, socioeconomic gaps. A lot of that can be um, helped by, you know, by far better um, delivery of, of high quality education at scale and, and, and at the at scale parts, the important part because we can't continue to teach and learn in the way that we have done traditionally, and hope to solve um, the issues that we've got um, in society, and that just the sheer, you know, numbers uh, of, of folks who need to be need to be um, picked up and helped, uh, and, and that's only gotten worse with this recession, this COVID-driven recession depression, um, and is only going to get worse. Uh, the longer it extends, frankly, but, um, so I, I think that what happens is that digital education and and education innovation becomes, uh, gets the kind of importance, um, that healthcare has. So, I mean, it, to to me, the, the stakes in not solving, um, uh, you know, for the, the, um, challenges of delivering high quality education at scale, um, the societal cost of of failing to do that are, are quite severe. And I, you know, walking around Chicago today and watching, looking at broken windows all over the place, um, I think would be symptomatic of that. Um, so, I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that in 15 years, that, that um, learning, uh, engaging, and as is as is important an um, endeavor as as um, you know as as finding the cure to cancer.
0: Mm-hmm, understood no i think that's that's very good uh these are very good points um yeah in kind of like the prediction history um okay last question before we wrap up with the fantastic Four is which uh, role does personal branding play for you in your industry and as in a role as an investor
1: you know um personal brand i mean i'm not i mean i'm not a huge um i'm not a huge personal branding thing i person i think because We've been operating, I mean, certainly we're very visible on LinkedIn and in and, and social media, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, it, our brand is really the GSV brand, Global Silicon Valley. Um, we think over time, uh, we've used our event, you know, the ASU GSV Summit that I talked about to create really a global brand um, uh, for GSV aligned with innovation and education. And I do think it's very, I mean, the brand is really important in our space, particularly as digital education has gotten more attention, um, to, to, you know, for, for, um, entrepreneurs who are, fi- who found, who are founding great companies, um, to, to hear about GSB first, that's obviously our objective. So that, that branding is, is critically important on the sourcing side for us. Um, and, um, and, you know, yeah, so you know, we, we always we want to be backing the best companies in the world. We want to be the best education technology investor in the world, and so you know, branding's a piece of that, um, just so that that we're uh, that we're we're seeing the best, yeah, the best opportunities.
0: Okay, that, that's that's the the GSV brand, but but your brand as as a name, so Deborah Quazzo, so your your personal brand, does it play a role, or which role does it play for you? Do people come to you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, I think that they, GSV and Deborah Quazo and my partner, Michael Moe, you know, we're probably, you know, for most people, when they think of any of the any of those three brands, they think of them, you know, as sort of part of a package. Um, So it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, my, my, I certainly do a lot to, I mean, I do everything I can to, you know, to give back and to participate and to encourage people and to mentor entrepreneurs and and I just think it's really important that we're, you know, that, that, you know, come back to our five Ps, that if you operate with purpose, then I think you're, you know, your, your brand, that's, that's what, you know, people, how people see your brand. And i um, and I think that um, I'm, you know, very proud that, of the purpose that we um, exhibit and, um, and exercise and, and yeah, and I, and I think, you know, personal brand becomes, um, because I was the founder, co-founder of GSD with my partner, Michael Moe um, we, you know, we do have, of course, a personal brand affiliation with the, with the GSV brand.
0: Yeah, understood. Okay. Makes sense. Um, okay. Let's wrap up here with Fantastic Four. Question number one, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now?
1: Um, you know, we have a lot of great CEOs in our portfolio. And so, you know, Jeff Maggi and Calda, CEO of Coursera, um, came in following, uh, to, to take over for Rick Levin, the former president of Yale, who'd done a, heroic job of coming in to follow the two um, world-renowned founders, Daphne Kohler and um, and uh, Andrew Ng. And um, and, so, and Jeff has come in as, the, as a professional CEO, experienced in having um, founded and taken uh, Financial Engines public. And he has just done, it's been extraordinary watching Jeff uh, um, take Coursera to the next level and prepare it to be a public company, presumably sometime in the near future. Um, so I'd say, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his skills and his, um, and he's also very kind and, um, and, and really, well, he, he has got a, a, a lot of capacity, personal capacity to help other entrepreneurs. So if I, if I ping Jeff and ask him to spend time with one of our portfolio company CEOs, he'll, you know, he doesn't even flinch um, despite the fact that he's you know, running a company that's now you know, valued at over $2 billion. Um, so it's a, uh, I, I'd say, you know, Jeff's been really fun to watch, but we have, you know, quite a, an extraordinary set of CEOs, Brian Gray at Remind, Andrew Grower at Course Hero, um, uh, yeah. David Blake and then Chris McCarthy at DeGreed, um, Sam Chowdhury at Class Dojo. Those, in our first fund, I mean, those, those guys are, are, uh, really quite exceptional. All of them CEOs in their own right.
0: Got it. Very cool. Okay, do you have any routines that you strictly follow on a day-to-day basis?
1: Um, I'm not a huge routine person. Um, I am. Uh, I, I do exercise pretty much every day. I I find a some slot in my calendar to do that. Um, so I'll do Peloton or I'll go running, um, and I think that's the most for me. That's the most important routine because it lets you clear your clear your brain and, and um, stay in, you know, good shape and all that sort of thing. So, you know, other than that, I sort of, one of the things I love about my work is that it's extremely varied and, and and tends to change day to day, um, depending on what we're working on. And, and you're obviously seeing different companies on any, in any given week and um, things like that. So it's actually one of my, the favorite things about what I do is that the, you know, there's always a learning curve. Um, It never gets stale. So...
0: Very cool. Okay, second last question: What's your favorite social media platform for business, and what do you use it for?
1: Um, you know, the thing we, we you know I probably use the most is LinkedIn, um, and we you know we use it to promote uh, activities that we're doing, to promote the issue summit, to promote portfolio company activity, to promote impo- impo- important social movements that we're supporting. Um, yeah, we're we're you know we're we're just getting more organized. We just brought on a, um, a, a person to run um social marketing and platform marketing um and community marketing and um uh so we're you know we're we're getting a little more honed in on that but uh but yeah linkedin
0: okay very cool last question and what do you wish you knew when you were 20 years old
1: uh what i wish i knew um I wish I knew how important, I wish I'd known, I wish I'd gotten to digital learning faster as a phenomenon. I wish I'd, you know, I wish I'd started a company when I was 20. I, you know, I guess I wish I had, I had a little more insight into the importance of mentors. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm older, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, 59. So it was a, I I was, I I came into the workforce as an investment banker where there were very few women um, in the workforce in the investment banking workforce. And, um, and it was, you know, it was, it was tough. And, um, yeah. and I wish I had known a little more um, uh, to push harder around the issues of having, of, of, you know, getting mentors and, and, and that things like that.
0: Understood. Thank you so much for being on the show, Deborah.
1: Absolutely delighted. Thanks so much for having me.